And I think you're going to learn something and be excited that it actually is decent to do, but you do have to kind of have a little bit of a plan. Hey, this is KB. I'm a technologist, thought leader, and self-published author. I've been publishing ebooks, print books, audio, video, and other content online since 2015. I stumbled quite a bit, tried many different types of content, marketing strategies, software tools, and social media streams. Now I'm here to help you learn from my mistakes and find inspiration along the way. We'll take a journey together to leverage your content, dive into practical tips, and test out actionable strategies that move you from posts to profit. This is the Self-Pub Empire Podcast. Today, I'm really, really excited about this particular topic. You're listening to the outgrowth of this topic. This is all about starting your podcast. Things that I've listened to about starting a podcast and digging around, there's really doesn't seem to be a very good centralized step-by-step on a way to do it. There's lots of ways to do it, of course. There's lots of technical details too. There's lots of ways to just jump right in and then lose momentum and stop podcasting after three episodes. That does happen quite a bit. Apparently that's, again, I think we talked about that last time. Dystopia had that as their, one of their research things that they dug up and found out about. So I'm really excited about this today. This is really a nice audio cookbook or step-by-step on a way to do it. And this is creating my content value stream, which is podcasting. And podcasts are free to listen to. All you need is headphones and a smartphone or really any kind of device of any kind, computerized device. And you can listen to so many podcasts. There's so many, so many, so many podcasts out there to listen to entertainment and education and so on and so forth. I'm very excited about this because I ran into a lot of mistakes and I was trying to do it in a certain way. I pivoted and have succeeded in pushing this out on a particular platform and going over what I've learned. I think today is going to be really, really helpful for everyone. And I'm really going to be digging into details here. So get comfortable, relax, and listen through what I've got to say and how I've run through this and hit these walls and hit these challenges. And I think you're going to learn something and be excited that it actually is decent to do, but you do have to kind of have a little bit of a plan. And we're going to talk about each one of these mistakes. So stay tuned. We're going to keep going. We're going to dive into this and let's get started. So Mistake number one towards making this podcast, do not start recording audio right away. I really wanted to do that. It's really, really tempting. It's extraordinarily tempting, isn't it? Like, hey, I'm going to make a podcast. I'm going to start recording stuff and I got stuff to say. I got things to talk about and so on and so forth. And the funny part is, is if you have a smartphone and a computer, you pretty much can do it right away. If you really want to, you can start recording audio pretty much anywhere. People have talked about recording their audio in a closet or a spare bedroom or whatever. You can have earbuds or a headphone to do that with it. And the microphones on the smartphones are very good. They sound great most of the time. I mean, really, these smartphones now, these days, of course, have advanced tremendously. 
And the technology there is outpacing pretty much everything because that's where all the investment is going. So it's really, really tempting to do that. But I recommend do not start recording audio right away. And I think that's a huge mistake to try to avoid. Here's why. Mistake number two. Do not go forward with a podcast without a topic, a goal, or a domain of knowledge. What you're really trying to do is what is really determine what it is your podcast is supposed to be about. That's really important because when you get to the categorization of these things later on, especially Apple Podcasts, they really want to know what is it about, where, what domain of entertainment or category or topic is this about? If you start talking randomly about things, you're probably not going to be successful. In this case, my goal is to avoid my mistake, which I didn't really hit because I thought about this ahead of time, was to try to align with what I'm attempting to do. And my attempt is to talk about business and educating people on online creation and being an online creator. So I really try to align that. And this is obviously an outgrowth. I'm talking about podcasts. I'm making a podcast. And I'm talking about all this step-by-step on how to actually do it. I've heard a lot of information. Again, I think I mentioned this, but not in a step-by-step method, a really a way to do it. There's a lot of ways to do it, but this is a way to do it. And I want to talk about that. So I'm really aligning my content value stream of a podcast here with what I'm trying to also do, which is educate. So that's being alignment, pick a topic, a goal, a domain of knowledge, and make it work. The other comment I'm going to make about this with going back to mistake number one about not recording audio right away, by the way, is you really want to write out kind of an outline of what you're going to talk about in every podcast. This helps you in a wide variety of ways. Number one is you don't lose track of what you're going to do. Now, granted, interviews is the same thing, and I'll talk about this later, but you definitely want to make sure you you think that through, which aligns with your goal. You can do it in any number of ways you want, Word documents, whatever will work. So mistake number two. Pick a topic, goal, domain of knowledge, go forward from there. Mistake number three. This one I kind of chuckles at because I went down this road pretty far, actually. Do not assume you can host your podcast files anywhere. So there's some technical details about the internet, audio files, hardware, syndication, those kinds of things that are really, really important. But don't assume you can host your podcast files anywhere. Here's my story. I host my website which is another piece of intellectual property and is actually going to be very part core to my business as it's going to be where I'm hosting all my show notes, different tools, links, and discussions about tools and so on and so forth. And educational products is I'm going to get into those. And those are all going to be on that website. Those are things that are not hosted by a social media platform because that's less control. I have total control over my website. And I wanted to really syndicate my podcast out of my website. I use Squarespace. I don't have an affiliate link for Squarespace at all, just so you know. But uh, I use Squarespace. There's a bunch about their Wixes. The other one, they both have about to collectively over the last couple of years, I think it's roughly 50 plus percent of website hosting for the internet outside of the big boys, of course. So very handy tools. Talk about that in another podcast in the future. Squarespace will host a podcast. Apparently Wix, not quite as much, but I, but do not assume that it or any host will be able to syndicate your podcast correctly. Apple has some very specific requirements and there's certain things that you want to make sure are available when you do that. If you want to try it, of course, 
feel free. But what really helped me, and I'll have this link in the show notes, there's a website called Podbase. That's podba.se, Podbase, where you can do a checkup on your podcast and see if it's going to conform correctly to the Apple podcast standards. I hear, lo and behold, there were a couple red marks on my podcast for hosting on Squarespace, which is funny because they are pretty good at that. Definitely one of the better locations that can do that for you. So that was a surprise to me. I said, well, I'm going to have to pivot and do not do that. Now, I want to comment. Don't forget that, though. Don't let that go. Certainly, you do want to use your website as your intellectual property for your business and a landing space for a lot of things. And there are special ways to set it up, of course, to try to drive sales to your creations or support your creations and things like that. We'll talk about that some other time. But don't forget about your website. I would still add the podcast there, even if you're using a different podcasting hosting company out there to to host the to host your files. And really the hosting is important there because if people go to your website for other reasons, traffic is driven there for other reasons, even like searches and things like that, then they can see, oh, hey, I see that they've got a podcast. I can listen to it right here because you can do that as well. Or they can jump to their favorite audio distribution arm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Those are definitely the biggies in the market right now. And certainly they can jump there and start listening to it there, subscribe from there, or they can you know take a look and subscribe from your website. There's specific ways to do it. So you really want to do both. Don't just assume you can do one and be okay. Frustrating as that was for me to realize that hosting wasn't going to work there. It was close, but no cigar. All right. So that was mistake number three that I made. Mistake number four. I think this one's really important because it will help you understand a lot about the basics and then the more advanced topics regarding podcasting. Mistake number four is don't go any further without some basic terminology knowledge about podcasting. And there's two really big categories of this. One is really the internet portion of this file types and technical details about that. And then there's the hardware portion of this, which is microphones and things like that. So the first terminology item that I'd like to throw out there is hosting. And I mentioned this before. What does that really mean? You can record your file locally and save it to your computer. Let's assume you're using a computer or your phone, and that file is local to your phone. There it sits. Somehow, some way, the syndication or distribution companies, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, need to be able to read that file, read information about that file, and any kind of information you want to attach to that file, such as description, show notes, name, cool picture, because you got to have a cool picture, right? We'll talk about that another time, how to create your cool podcast picture. I'm excited about some of those things as well, because I use free tools to do that. They work great. Hosting is really important. It has to be out on the internet. It has to conform to certain standards. And Apple Podcasting has all of that information. Apple Podcasts, used to be called iTunes for podcasts, that is the big dog in the yard because they have the biggest market share. So they dictate how the files are really supposed to be set up. 
what are we talking about when we say a file type? So file type is a MP3 is usually the standard that people use. That is a specific kind of file. Uh, you can also use a wave file. There's a couple other options as well. MP3 is the most popular. That's based on a standard and the shortened version of the name of the standard is MP3. They had, there was other, obviously MP1, MP2, so on and so forth. These standards came to the fore really in the timeframe of Napster, which was in the late nineties when people were stealing, sharing, uh, whatever you want to call it, music and audio, and they were ripping it from CDs and recording them as MP3s. And the reason why MP3s became popular extraordinarily fast is because they were a compressed type of file considered lossy, which means that they had some loss, but nothing discernible to the human ear. That was the, the theory and actually is pretty much the truth. So those files then were much, much smaller. And at the time we didn't have as much high speed internet. So this is late nineties, the really advent of the internet and speeds to the home speeds to the businesses weren't that great. So bandwidth really how much, how many of these files could you transfer at any given time or share? And there's a lot of things about file sharing and things like that. Now there's so much bandwidth available. The infrastructure is so much better. These files transfer very, very quickly. So that is usually what it is. You can take an MP3, you take an audio, I should say, instead of an MP3, you can take an audio file, save it as a WAV file. The WAV file is kind of a Microsoft standard and really it's lossless. It, it basically picks up whatever's on the microphone and it'll store it as a huge file. So like a 30 minute WAV file would really be about 800, 900 megabytes I've seen using my tool, Audacity. That's what I use to do to, to my podcast. And so I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But the MP3 version of that is like, a tenth. It's it's amazingly small for that particular file of 30 minutes or so. Why does that matter? Because hosting still costs money. It still still takes space to host a file. So when you upload that MP3 to the host, including your own, maybe your website or a hosting company, they might want to charge you for how much audio that you host on. I'm going to talk about how to get around that right now. It's gotten to the point where being a podcaster is much less expensive and you can store your files pretty much for free depending on the hosting company you want to use. So hosting and MP3 file types go hand in hand. You can look up by you can look up the governing body that came up with the MP3 standard. It's all online. You can take a look at that. Not really germane to what we care about here. The next item you want to understand is syndication. So what does that really mean? So you have a hosting company, and in some cases, that hosting company is also partnered with a distribution company. What's that? Well, Spotify is a really good one. Amazon Music is another big one. Apple Podcasts absolutely enormous. Google Podcasts, another big one. Those are the syndication companies. So what they actually do, their software, when you give them your podcast, it is actually in what's called an RSS feed. We'll talk about that in a little bit. That's data about your podcast. It'll pick that up and it'll say, hey, this is being, this is there and it's available for you to listen to, dear listener. That's syndication. And you want to syndicate is really you want to syndicate as much as you possibly can all over the place, right? So that allows anybody on listener, whatever they their favorite 
distribution center distribution company is, they'll listen to it. I'm going to put my earphones in. I'm going to listen to have a podcast while I'm walking, taking a walk in the neighborhood. A lot, a lot of people do that. <laughs> that happens all the time. You can also look up demographics about which kinds of people use which kinds of syndication companies for their streaming of their podcast. That's another important side note. When you syndicate, what's really happening is, is they're not copying the file to themselves. They're not taking it from the hosting company and copying it to themselves and then sending it to you when you listen to the podcast. They're actually streaming it. So they will read chunks of it and then they'll send it to you. So it's, it's transferred on demand, much like YouTube, from the hosting company through the distribution of the syndicate and into your ears. That's kind of how it works. And that's why hosting is really, really important. All right. Next piece, episodes and format. This kind of goes back to mistake number one or two, which you really want to think about is what, what kind of a podcast are you going to do? It's not just the topic, it's the style. So there's co-hosted podcasts where two or more hosts, you know, talk about something and they talk about their experience. There's interview-based podcasts and that's the host interviews guests and guides a conversation around topics and has questions and so on and so forth. There's monologue or solo podcast. That's what I'm doing right now. Just It's just me. I'm just talking. Panel podcasts, discussion around a topic, which is a group of people moderated by a host. There's a bunch of people doing that. And storytelling. The host narrates a story, fiction or nonfiction, and there's sound effects and audio sourced from real life. I think one of the biggest podcast styles out there or types topics is true crime podcasts. I have heard anecdotally that those are really, really popular. And there's a lot of competition in that space, but there's a ton of downloads in those. And so those are more like the storytelling podcast based on true crime. So those are the kind of styles. You want to think about those things relative to your topic. For me, solo podcasting makes sense. I'm also going to probably mix in some interview podcasts in the future, but those are my two kinds that I would really go for. So the next thing to think about with some basic terminology language and what that means is what kind of microphone are you really going to use? So the microphone on a smartphone, for example, if you really just want to jump in and start podcasting is really a dynamic kind of microphone. It's not as sensitive as what is called a condenser microphone. And the technology is slightly different. And most podcasters, Twitch streamers, YouTube streamers, YouTubers really end up with a nice dynamic microphone. I personally, really love my Yeti microphone. It works great. It's USB based, which I'll talk about in a minute. USB based. So it hooks up to my computer. The dynamic microphone's not as sensitive as a condenser mic. A condenser microphone usually hooks into something like a really like audio mixer. It's made for recording studios that record musicians and other very important kinds of things, more professional style. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of setup things that you have to do there. And there's a whole bunch more hardware that you're going to need to get. If you want to try to use a condenser mic to do that, you do not need to do that. Don't think that you do. Like I said, some people start their smartphones. I did not. I like my Yeti microphone because I was using it for audiobooks, which is another topic I can talk about in the future. How do I record my audiobooks? Very similar to what I'm doing right now with the podcast. And it was kind of a natural outgrowth from my audiobooks to go to this. And I really enjoy recording my audiobooks. So what I've done as a side note here is 
created some summary books in print and Kindle on Amazon. That's the boiled down basics line. And you can check that out on the website. We'll link that in the show notes. And those are on Amazon. I also created audio for them. So I read my own book and created chapters and went through that. That's done in the ACX.com backend. That's Amazon's backend for audio recording. ACX doesn't have recording tools. Like you can't record through the browser, for example, which is another little tricky kind of a thing that some people can do. But it does have some lab things that you can test your audio with, make sure that it's conforming to their guidelines, which actually are very similar to podcast guidelines. To be honest with you, they're very, very close. And that's how I started. So I use my Yeti microphone. I really, really love it. It's a dynamic microphone. You have to check on the types of audio that it can pick up and follow the directions on really where you want to set the pickups from the audio itself. That's the audio pattern that it will pick up. And depending on where your mouth is relative to the microphone, you're going to want to set that in the right way. And the audio panel usually is selectable. This Yeti has some really nice selections on it. No, I don't get any money for Yeti microphones if you buy them. I like them. Personally, they're a really good mix of price versus performance. You don't have to use it, but you can. And so it works really, really well for me. Something else you want to consider with your microphone, and this is a disadvantage of just using your smartphone, is to get a pop filter. My pop filter is attached to my microphone, and what that does, it reduces plosives. This, I, When I first heard this, I thought, what are you talking about? Explosives? No, no, plosives. Those are the popping sounds of the P's and the B's. And I believe it has to do with the air coming out of your mouth, hitting the microphone and creating extra noise based on those words. Those are called plosives. The pop filter stops the air from hitting the microphone directly and therefore reduces those plosive sounds. You can edit and filter those away. There's a lot of software that'll do that for you. But generally speaking, the plosives are really nice to have. A pop filter is a really easy solution for it. And it also looks cool. Not going to lie. I like it. It looks cool. So next thing, USB versus XLR interfaces. So a USB is the standard universal serial bus into a PC. So again, if you have a computer, that works great. And you had a microphone, that's great. Again, smartphone, you don't really need that. But that's usually out there. The CD microphone has that. Works fantastic. I don't know what else to tell you. It works great. An XLR interface, which I actually don't know what that means off the top of my head, those really connect into a mixer or really, again, really for a professional studio. Those have for, generally speaking, the condenser mics will do that. Those have external power supplies where, again, my Yeti does not. I just hook it up to my computer and my computer powers the Yeti and it picks it up and transferred all one line. Very easy. No fuss, no muss. And generally speaking, I don't really need a whole lot of detailed sound. I mean, I'm not really recording music, so I don't really need something that fancy. The next thing to know about really is the digital audio workstation or DAW. You see DAW out there quite a bit, DAW. Those are digital audio workstations. Really, that's a way just to record some using some software, record your audio and be able to do some editing, be able to do some amplification, possibly limiting. There's a whole bunch of audio technical details, but really if you use the right tools, uh, it becomes very simple. Personally, I use Audacity. You can take a look, it's out there. It's free. 
works great. It's amazing how well it works. You can mix tracks. You can do all kinds of different things. So you could add audio versions with audio files with music underneath them or different styles connect pieces together it's 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 really kind of lego like in in how well it works it's amazing it's free works on i think every pretty much every platform i use it on windows you got to have a machine that's pretty good for recording though otherwise it can cause problems with the recording itself but audacity works great i have seen other tools online for recording as digital audio workstations there's a couple of them out there that will allow you to do live group or interview type podcast or recordings out there. So everyone connects to the centralized website and they all record audio and talk to each other through that platform. And then it records one audio file with the whole interview in it. That's a possibility as well. Those are out there. And as a side note, just to jump ahead a little bit, Spotify has a way to do that as well. They've got something on their Spotify podcasting network for recording audio. I personally haven't tried it. I don't know how, how well it works, but I believe it works pretty well. I would guess because they're really trying to push their podcast network. I also use resound.fm. This I do highly recommend. It is absolutely amazing. It's relatively new at the time of this podcast. You upload your audio. It uses artificial intelligence to clean it up and make it enhance enhanced version that plays on podcasting platforms really, really well. It is unbelievably awesome. It's fantastic. You can check it out in the show notes. We'll have a link to that selfpubempire.com slash resound. It's R E S O U N D. They are at the forefront of automatically editing podcast audio. It's fantastic. I, I don't know what to tell you. It can get rid of the ums and the ahs automatically. It will allow you to edit. You do not have the ability to record, but definitely it will allow you to do a wide variety of editing automatically without having a professional editor. A professional editor will do great, but the mistake that I make or made, <clears throat> a little a bonus mistake, is that I tried to do it without having some kind of editing really pain, painful to try to do it yourself. Sometimes, sometimes I did a lot of filler words and those get rid of those. So use resound.fm. I highly recommend it. Check it out in the show notes or selfpubempire.com slash resound. I also advise using a wave file until I create it as an MP3. So the wave file has the most data in it. Granted, you're working with really big files and I have a very fast internet. So it works really great for me. Do that so that I don't lose anything while it's going through the editing and enhancement process that I use to create the podcast. So I record it raw, I save it as a wave file, record it raw in audacity, I should say, record it as a wave file and upload it to resound, do all the edits there and automatically detects everything that it doesn't like and run the enhancement on that. Then I download it as a WAV file as well until I mix it together with my audio and other pieces, my intro, my outro, and go for those things, put those together. Then I create the MP3 out of that. Those go to the hosting syndicate, hosting, sorry, the hosting locations for syndication. Definitely, definitely, definitely check out the Apple podcast requirements for sampling and their technical details on what you want to do when you record audio. That'll be in the show notes as well. A link to go there and check it out. 
it'll tell you what you need to do. So particularly in Audacity, you can set some settings for the sampling rate and the bit rate. Those are the two biggest pieces. And really how your microphone's set up and things like that. Truly, the, some of those technical details, not for today's podcast, a lot of information out there. But the basics are simple. Apple wants you to <laughs> requires that you do a 44.1 kilohertz sampling rate. I'm not even going to go into what that means, but generally speaking, it's how many times are we actually putting bits down from the audio itself. Likewise, the bit rate itself is how much you're actually like putting in there in kilobits per second. So 128 to 256 kilobits per second. Again, it has to do with the bit rate for putting bits down and saving bits as your audio gets turned from from analog to digital recording. So it's important. Invented in the CD era, those kinds of things. So that Apple Podcast technical requirement, really, really important to go check out. Make sure your recording platform, your DAW, does that in the way they want. That makes a big difference because the West, they will not like it. Okay, here we are. Last technical term that I think you need for the basics of getting this podcast going for yourself. The RSS feed. That's important. It's your syndication feed. RSS stood for or stands for really simple syndication. It used to be used really heavily for news. And it had a certain format and a certain style of information that went along with it. So someone could subscribe to it and many different things could subscribe to it and you would get that feed. For some reason in a news platform, it kind of fell out of favor and people don't really use that anymore. There used to be something called FeedBurner that was a software you could use to get news feeds and so on and so forth. But for podcasts, it hasn't gone away. It's actually been enhanced and actually is used very heavily for podcasting. It's actually the only way to syndicate for podcasting is to use an RSS format. Most of the hosting platforms, of course, do this for free. It it creates it for you. You upload it and say, yes, this is an RSS feed. Go ahead and so people can subscribe to it. What that really means is it's a location, a link, a website link somewhere on the hosting platform, either your own, like, you know, on Squarespace, mine is selfpubempire.com slash podcast slash whatever particular syndicate RSS feed it's set up to be. I don't remember what that is off the top of my head. There's some definitely some special characters and things like that that go in there. And it has all this metadata. What's metadata? Metadata is data about the data. So it has all this metadata about your podcast. It's it's this long. This is the description of it. This is the name of it. This is the cool image you have for it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it has all that information that it points to with the RSS feed information and it picks that up and then sends that back out, picks those things up on demand in a streaming type fashion. It gets bits and pieces of it. The important point that I ran into going back to the Squarespace hosting was I could not figure out how to get past the Apple requirement of having the head information. That's a specific HTML term set up specifically so it could download pieces of the podcast, which is related to streaming, but it wanted to grab information about the podcast without actually trying to download the file. So that was not successful based on Podbase, the analysis from that. So I said, I can't do that anymore. And I'm going to talk about what I did moving forward. However, outlets like, you know, Apple and Spotify, they read those files on a periodic basis and they determine when a new episode is available. So they'll pick up the feed, they'll pull it, 
on a periodic basis. I don't know how frequent that is. It depends. Whenever you release one, schedule it for publishing or whatnot, they'll pick it up and they will post it out there. So if you have subscribers, again, those just the syndication networks have some features. One of them is subscriptions. They can subscribe. People can subscribe to your podcast and they will be notified when a new one appears. That in and of itself is a big deal. If you think about it, I use Amazon music personally quite a bit. And as soon as a podcast that I like uh, comes up with an episode, I will get pinged that there's a new episode. That's hugely important for ramping up the number of downloads that people are downloading your podcast, which is a metric, which is very important. We'll talk about metrics some other time. Okay. Wow. Time has really flown by. We're through the first four of the mistakes that I made. And I believe that I'm going to turn this into a part one for the podcast itself. And I'm going to cover mistakes five through the end. That would be 12 mistakes because I made a lot of them in the next podcast. That's definitely going to be a little less dense. There's a lot of information here about technique and terminology and things like that. I hope it was been helpful for you. Stay tuned. This is the part one of the podcast on how to do it, but how to avoid the rest of my mistakes will be in part two. Stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up shortly. Thanks for listening. I hope this was useful for you. Check the show notes. We're going to have all the links and everything in there for you. And I wish you well on your podcast journey. Stay tuned. Really going to cookbook my way through not using Squarespace instead of using something else, which I won't reveal just yet, to actually host and syndicate my podcast. So part one is done. Stay tuned for part two. Thanks for listening. Hey, congratulations. You just listened to another episode of the Self Pub Empire podcast. I really hope you found something inspiring, useful, and actionable for your own entrepreneurial and business aspirations. Let's keep connecting as solopreneurs, authors, and online creators of all kinds. For more information, how-tos, great tools, and show notes for the show, head over to selfpubempire.com slash podcast. Until next time, let's continue moving from posts to profit.